we're good are you recording i am how's my volume good really good kind of pepped up a bit i think it's pretty toppy yeah actually like in a good way it sounds like compressed kind of i'm using this 1073 preamp again i'm just driving it a bit harder than normal it sounds yeah it's yeah, or even kind of like, dare I say, like a bit of like a modern compressed vocal sound. Oh, it's kind of more like a legit. Yeah, style. that kind of legit feel. It does have that where <laughs> you can really legit? hear, my baby's on the level, and everything's just My really... baby's on the level. Whoa, man. Yeah. That was kind of creepy. It like sounded How like good that sounded. Kind of Jack White. Sounded Grammy worthy. <clears throat> I saw a video of um, Gary Clark Jr., came up on um you know impossible way of life um how you're listening to impossible way of life with james and johnny this is episode 131 i think good um, lord but i was on our instagram and I, we um we follow a couple of really important webs uh, you know kind of instagram people blues is everything it's one of my favorite uh instagrams we follow yeah that's yeah, you like that one? It's a good Instagram handle, and it's a good kind of mantra. Well, they're kind of... It's interesting, because they posted a video of Gary Clark Jr. the other day, kind yep. of on the porch. And I'm thinking, is he going to take it back there? Because I thought he was a bit of a kind of hard blues guy. His name was definitely thrown around when we developed the the blues reset theory. As one I of the thought guys who could go he back. might be the one. You know oh, what I really? mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. To yeah. kind of like make everyone see well, he, the truth. Yeah, he was playing kind of just slide stuff, kind of lap, lap, sti- lap slide blues, which is very much, yeah, you know, not not kind of a like an amp simulator feel. He kind of was very. I was I was in maybe I've told the story on the pod before, but I think as you pointed out, and your friend Peter. Rest in peace. Any good story uh, yeah. is worth telling again. 100%. Um, I was in uh, uh, Vail, Colorado one time Okay. Uh, with my old band, and uh, it was one of those things that we were playing some crappy bar, real impossible way of life feel, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> the bar was like, all right, we just need you guys, we need you guys on at 10 sharp. Because that's when the Gary Clark Jr. concert finishes, like, on the hill. Oh, yeah. Like, he was playing over, like, on the... Huge show. Like, outdoor, on the hill. amphitheater. Yeah. And then the plan was, uh, the bar where we were playing was kind of like the nearest bar... Yeah. ...to... (laughs) To the hill. So you, you know were trying I mean? to pick up kind of Gary Clark Jr.'s audience, I guess that they was, were thinking. That was the plan. That was the, that was the plan of the bar owner. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in standard fashion, they sent us over to this restaurant to have dinner yeah. in the in the village, yeah. in the, you know, the ski, the village. And... Um, oh, yeah. Was, okay. So you're... I see. So you're... you're it's a ski... It's a ski town. Exactly. Oh yeah, Vale. Sorry for those yeah. who don't know. For our like UK Aspen listeners, or something. it's exactly like Aspen, except it's like a bit smaller and it's more posh. Oh, even more posh than Aspen. Even more posh, I believe. Yes. That seems impossible to understand. But. Well, I mean, where do you go there? So they put us up in a really posh, like cabin to stay in, like massive mm-hmm. place. You know, as they do, very, very uh, unnecessary for the kind of sleaze balls we were. Yeah. Um, and uh, so what happened was they sent us over to this sort of fancy restaurant. They took forever serving us. And they said, you know, you got to be on at 10 sharp. So around 10 p.m., we're waiting for the bill to come. Yeah. <laughs> we're still sitting in the place, you know. And we sort of saunter quite tipsy back to the bar. Yeah. And we walk in. The place is packed. And the guy proceeds to just rip us a new one. You know, yeah. where are you? It's 10 p.m. Need yeah. you on there right now. These guys need blues. Yeah, and it, and he was like, you know, no, no. And, and this is what pretty much what happened is that we went on and started doing a few originals, you know, because yeah. we were a band, you yeah, know. Yeah, crazy, yeah. We made, yeah. And, kind of and playing like maybe one of your, like one or two of your own like songs. Of our like, own songs. Yeah, Sister we'd Rose. Rele- we'd something. released an album, you know, yeah. probably a fun one. It was a good crowd. Yeah. And the guy proceeds to like run up to the stage what the fuck are you doing 
You know what I mean? Like it was like, where's the you know, where's the blues? These people want to hear like "Back in the Saddle" by Aerosmith and shit. Oh, you know it's what I mean? Kind of hard rock. Yeah, more of a hard rock and hard rock in like party crowd. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, party crowd. And I sort of got a little bit antagonistic because people were digging the show you know we yeah. were a fine band you know yeah, totally and 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 i said you know people like into the mic kind of thing like, people seem like they like it or whatever and the guy was like kind of all flustered and did he was you like, at that moment kind of feel maybe kind of like burrito brothers at altamont a little bit that was kind of your aesthetic yeah sort of or like burrito brothers at or like the birds playing the grand old opry kind of thing okay. like welcome to the kind of new school <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm reaching. I'm reaching, reaching here. You know? there, <laughs> uh, I don't really know what I felt like, but I felt like this is the worst damn tour I've ever been on, and I'm trying to play my songs here and yeah. get out of my face. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> this is hard enough already, but kind of Hillman energy. Yeah, definitely. More. I had more of a Hillman energy that night, and uh, <clears throat> so. But he just said, you know, play some covers. So then. Well, we did our set, and then we thought, well, the people were there to party, we'll oblige, and we did a bunch of covers. And I mean, was- I've done a 25-minute cover of Cocaine with you live in Penticton. Oh, man. So, I, I, I mean, I, I know you're capable. It's also worth noting that this was the worst tour quite possibly anyone's ever been booked on. I, that's not true, but where we had a booking agent, I, th- I hope that our fans are going to love this because it <laughs> truly is an impossible way of life thing. We were so excited. It was actually our first big U.S. tour. And only because a booking agent <laughs> emailed the label and said, we want you, we really dig the Shilohs and we'd yeah. like to book them. Yeah, yeah So yeah. Th- this is a great story. So then they book all the tours, all the shows. We get out there. We get to the, the first or second show, I can't remember, was at a hotel lobby in nice. Oregon. Nice. And we get up there and they say, oh, great, you guys are here. You know, we just need you to do two, three hours in the lobby. <laughs> You know, and we said, well, no, I don't think you really understand. Like, we're a band, you know, like we like yeah. write songs and stuff, you know, like, blah, blah. and they said they thought we were a bluegrass band. And this proceeded to happen every single place <laughs> we went. We played about 45 shows on that tour, dude. And everywhere we went, it was like pizza place, coffee shop. No and way. we'd be like, we would be begging for a bar. Because we didn't know what any of these places were called on the on the manifest, right? Oh, yeah. We're like, we're, we're like get to the place and we roll up. And I could just see Dan Calusi's eyes as he looks at the same as like Mario's Pizza or whatever. You know, we'd be like, and, they, and they'd expect us every time, two, three hours. They never had any gear. Like, they, you know, they'd expect us to have mics and stuff. And they'd have to like go down the street and like borrow a mic are there from bands a- who do this yeah i guess this is like if you're more of like a kind of bluegrass like background music jazz well, that lounge sounds like so there's you're telling me there's people voluntarily playing 50 day tours of the states in pizza places to do three yeah. hour bluegrass sets i guess background music man like no vocal no everyone was surprised we had singing right this you're was meant the thing. to just be kind of skiffle yeah, learn like Christmas restaurant band, you know, <laughs> like cocktail jazz or whatever. Oh, jazz. Ja- okay, yeah, I see. Anything, yeah. anything like that. Anything blue- goes. But I think the name Shiloh's inspired like a bluegrassy kind of feel well, or something. Why? Because of Graham Parsons? I don't know. It's kind of like Southern. Uh, I kind really of a don't Southern know. Southern name. Yeah. Kind so, of down home country name. Yeah. So, so the great end, the, the great funny ending to this story is that. Um, we finally we get to Denver because there was this festival called UMS, which is like uh, South by Southwest of Denver, right? Yeah. And we knew tennis, and they said you guys got to come play. We'll get you uh, like on the bill and yeah. stuff like that. You know, blah blah blah. Official festival slot and everything. And then we're also doing this backyard barbecue big party the next day, and you guys got to play. And I remember. That getting an email from the booking agent and them saying, <laughs> them saying, you we think it's a really bad idea for you guys to do this backyard barbecue party because we got a really nice gig for you in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I like got this restaurant on like a Friday and it's going to be like really good. And I remember the email I wrote. I said, no offense. I said, but there is no way we're not staying and doing this but this barbecue. So you got to cancel it. Turns out that barbecue featured 
Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, Tennis, Tim Cohen and Fresh and Onlys, oh, yeah. a few other bands that all sort of like we all fell in love with each other and wound up getting us two more tours, like that one show, you know? Yeah. So it was like the best thing we'd done. And then the funny part was then fast forward about two weeks we play a bunch of bicycle repair shops and fucking hospital waiting rooms i don't know what the hell it was and we get to the hometown of where our booking agent is from louisville kentucky classic and, town and we think well this ought to be good because they're gonna come out and see it and we can give them a, <laughs> a piece of our yeah. mind you know so they come out. The woman comes out who who was part of it. She watches half the show and leaves. Nice. It was at a bar, amazingly. Incredible. Nobody there. They didn't do anything to promote their own town for us. And the guy who worked for the company, this is just classic. He comes up to me after the show and he says, he said, man... And that was great. He said, I get it. You guys are like, it's like songs and stuff. He's like, you guys play. It's like, you know, it's like Beatles. He's like, kind of like throwback, like pop songs and stuff like that. Oh, he was like, oh, cool. And I was like, dude, you're telling I don't me. Understand. You booked the whole tour and they'd never listened to our band. I don't understand how they got in touch with you. Through Light Organ. I know, man. but like, how does that make any sense, though? Were they just, <laughs> were they just cold calling? Like, yeah, any I guess. bands? I guess. What, and was, we, what were they called? Um, the agency. I'll try to think of it now. I can't remember. I bet I find like Google like the Shilohs <laughs> oh, and agent. Dude, shout out to these guys. These guys rule. They're just well, like. They didn't even listen to our band. Good. That's the crazy part. Yeah. And we fell for it big time. Shiloh, I'm on your Facebook here. Let's see. About. Let's see if we can get an about section. Um, see if you're still listed. Ben Frey would remember. Oh, Ben knows everything. I'm going to ask him. Yeah, I can't remember the name. It's so it's funny. One too. It's one of those like Trump PTSD. I of don't. course, <laughs> because I can totally imagine like you were probably like, fuck, man, we got a fucking agent. Do you know what I mean? Well, we US tour, dude, US like 40 tour, shows. 40 shows going to fucking rule. Got the van. Like, yeah. we were pumped, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did about three good ones on the whole tour. Fuck. <laughs> that stuff will suck the will to live right out of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I don't yeah. know how we got on that, but... Um, I loved it. I actually changed so for those... where my camera was a little bit, because we're on Zoom still, because it's... Uh, I've got a bit of a sore throat. I don't know if you have. I don't know. Uh-oh. I think, no, I I, I'm not I had a... I've been real healthy through the holiday season. Yeah, me too, but I don't actually have a sore throat today, but just a couple of days ago I did, and, and I thought, mm, you know, maybe I've got the old Omicron, you know? But I went for a run yesterday, and it was... You know, I think you probably did similar things with in the pandemic, like when it was really bad, like I when we all thought like we were all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of would go out and like run like my ass off and come home and be like, Okay, definitely not dying. You know, like I, Yeah. So that's kind of what I did yesterday and I you know, and I ran a nice a nice ten K. David Corrigan will be proud of us. And um, you know, kind of minimal feel out there. I was gonna listen to Marin the yeah. peter jackson on marin podcast but i kind of wanted to get you know get in sync with my lungs well that's the thing is that it'll kind of backfire fire on you in the winter time because although yes you and i have been firm believers since the beginning of the pandemic that going out and testing your body on an 8 10k run yeah. is proof you don't have the virus yeah. but you got to watch out in these sub-zero temperatures yes. it'll pummel your immune system you know pummeled like Joe yeah. Perry backstage. That's why I switched to the pool, dude. Yeah. But that's also risk of it's all the people It's closed now, there. though. No, no. Pool's still open. What? They don't close the pools. The gym is closed, but pools are open? Yep. This, okay. Welcome to Impossible Way of Life, a fitness podcast. Yeah. Because I've got something to say about this fucking gym closure bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it is mental health for me. Yeah, of course. And you already have to have a vaccine passport to get into mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's as safe as anywhere. You're in those places. How can you tell me that a, a swimming pool or, for that matter, a bar is safer than a gym? What I'll say is that 
100% agree with you about bars and restaurants. There's yeah. no way that's safer because people who are feeling sick, I don't believe, will go to the gym and work out. But you do feel holiday pressure to go to a restaurant yes. or a bar and be with people. And you're totally exposed. The pool, though, I've always felt quite safe because well, it's water, I'm isn't it? underwater all, a, yeah, like half the time. It's water. So. And the chlorine, they have proven, does disinfect. Why aren't we always things. just in chlorine then? You Chlorine can drink suits. it. You can drink it. Yeah. Well, that's what we did. You see, we we got a chlorine suit. Well, you see, the thing is, we can't breathe. Can't breathe underwater. Water? <laughs> can we? It's all yeah. about breathe. They say COVID nineteen. You have to breathe the sort of. It's transmitted through the air, but right. well, you know, in the water, can't there's no, the water, no air. You? There's no air in water. There's a. <clears throat> yeah. But actually, H two O. You know, O. Is in the water, so that's oxygen, so that air, that's air. You Actually, can't breathe, can you? <laughs> well, it's only one part, isn't it? <laughs> There's the two H and the two as well. Yeah, so. That's the part that doesn't get the COVID in it. But anyway, I'm not feeling so good about not being able to go Pump. to the gym. I feel like I immediately put on like 20 pounds, you know? Yeah, but then you immediately get rid of it too, probably, once you start pumping. Yeah, you have I a mean, pump lifestyle. I do have a pump lifestyle for sure. How was so your you just, uh, last few days? You have a nice time. Yeah, it was very Celebrating, nice. Celebrating, bringing in a new year and stuff, and very nice. Yeah, yeah. cool. Kind of, uh, yeah. Definitely <clears throat> went out of town, and it was quite a bit of a drive. So that took a little bit out of me yesterday. Yeah, because uh, we were having some unnatural weather here in BC. Yeah, it's, it's crazy outside right now. I was just going to go for a run, and it's just gone bonkers again. Yeah. So no, instead, I had to do like a 20-minute online workout. That's cool, though. Those dumbbells. are good. Those will get you. Even just the one, the kind of mat, get on the ground and do... That'll get, get you get going. that minimal. You know, when you're typing in on Google, like, 20-minute workout, no equipment. Dude, I tell you, sometimes I'll do one of these with Alex, like, where it's just like... Yeah. Like, whatever, booty blast. Booty like blast, Like, ab right, crunch, yeah. 10 minute. I'm yeah. dead by the end. Yeah. Dead. Dead. They're hard, man. So maybe that's what I need to do. Yeah. Whatever we're... What, you know, I have a new theory about this. Let's talk I've about it. I've been wanting to tell everybody on the well, podcast the about the it. So it's yeah. a good time. Yeah, and it's big. It's big. It's yeah. about, you know, pumping. You know, we talk about pumping so you can party, so you can do everything, right? Yeah. I have a new theory. I don't know if I've talked to you about this. It kind of fits in with the vampire thing, too, that when you pump, you change your blood over oh okay. this is my new theory because you know you get the heart pumping yeah. talk about pumping and what you do is the blood it pumps new blood through the system yeah because you if you drink and party all night whatever it is then your blood's all full of booze and you know and then you pump the next day and it kind of cleans the blood out change it over that's what i'm saying so that's my new thought is that anything you do that gets the heart pumping is, is going to give you that blood. feeling new blood yeah exactly and you can also get the new blood vampire style too transfusion you know sucking yes however however different ways yeah as long as the heart's pumping or you're sucking blood or whatever it is have you ever considered going to one of those like iv vitamin bars well, I've done IVs because my sister's an, uh, a naturopath, yeah, and she does it for people. And I've been fortunate enough once she kind of as a gift conjured, you know, uh, yeah. sorry, concocted one for me with everything Just what, in it. Bespoke, just like a bespoke one, <laughs> kind of like a Lance Armstrong style kind of transfusion in the back of a porta potty vibe. No, went into the office and okay. kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, everything, you, you can kind of curate it to the person, you know? Oh. What's your lifestyle? Like, you and did you drink like last night? lifestyle. Exactly. All the vitamins, you vitamin B is good for men, you B's know. B's big, yeah. D, D in the winter and you're not getting enough sun, all this, and then you yeah. get your, all this kind of stuff. And it felt good, let me tell you. What about vitamin me? That could well, be a sort of power rock song. Yeah. Vitamin me. Yeah, or just like, you could probably just bottle it up and package it. It's just like to feel yourself. Yeah. Every day, I'm just going to take a couple vitamin me's <laughs> just to get through the day. I'd uh, change you know the what? angle on my camera here, Johnny, so you can see the Kemper profiler in the background. <laughs> Buddy, I want to hear, I want to just, honestly, I just want to put this mic down. Yeah. And I want to hear, watch this. I'm going to put it down and I want to hear all about it. 
<laughs> I'm thinking probably if I I don't think I'd have to try hard. I'd just have to t take. I don't think I'd have to change the input of the. I think I could just play. I think I can probably. I'll do it next time. Just play the Kemper through this whole Zoom setup and record it at the same time so the listeners can get a sense. We can go through some tones. I bought a pack for about a hundred bucks of kind of every different amp ever. And, you know, someone has profiled John Mayer's amp, for example. You know, and that tone, I kind of, that's the tone I used when I sent you the don't let me down kind of. Yeah. I just threw some trem on wonderful, it. I wanted to, wanted to wonderful make it kind video. of my Yeah. And, uh, Turns yeah, it out didn't, you don't it need didn't an amp anymore. Yeah, it sounded more you than Mayer to me. I think Mayer's... I mean, it depends which song. If you're talking Wild Blue, I mean, I think we know that's pretty Knopfler, like well, straight I mean, rip. I've got which had a less lot of trim. Those. I don't, I don't really hear Knopfler yeah. doing much trim. Well, personally. I guess the thing is, like, <clears throat> I was playing the Don't Let Me Down riff, which you yeah. probably played at Christmas, right? I did, yeah, I did. And I noticed when I was playing it that I couldn't make it sound like it wasn't John Frusciante playing it. Well, of course. It kind of yeah, feels like makes... a Frusciante riff. The riff is definitely Frusciante. Yeah. yeah. Which makes yeah. me wonder, because we were talking about him being in B2 at one point. Yeah, and he's more trem, trem than any of the Beatles, kind of. Because those twins, those twins don't have trem on them, right? I don't know. I think they might, yeah. Do they? They're not kind of tremmy as a band, though. No, and the twin, re the twin amps they were using. Does a twin have, have tremolo? I don't know. I'm I've embarrassing myself here. Someone's going to tell us. I know it has reverb, obviously. Well, if it has reverb, it has vibrato. Oh, yeah? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, that you. was kind of like a nice uh, kind of segment we did there. I was actually thinking, because we're kind of catching up a little bit on things that have happened over the last two weeks of Christmas, and one of them was that Peter Jackson was on Mark Merrin. Yeah, I listened um, to the whole thing. <laughs> And it, I was, I listened to. <laughs> Don't expect much out of I my listened response. to the first like fist fine. I listened to like the first fifteen minutes, basically before Peter Jackson came on, and then Peter Jackson came on and started talking about like trains and like planes, skeleton. And stuff. He's into yeah. like toys and stuff. Yeah, but talk about <clears throat> Marin, like being in a fugue state man like he's insane he's i can't believe like. it made me think i that can't listen to that dude it made me think we're trying way too hard at this podcast because well, we just need to get a get a fame like a oscar winning guest on every single time and you just, just phone the it first in 15 minutes he just kind of was like he's just like in the middle of a fever dream talking about like bombing at a show hating the audience and then switching up and being like anyway now's the time to buy car insurance I thought that story about him bombing was so funny because he was trying to make it sound like he was really cool because he like called out a guy in the audience who didn't clap. And he I was like, awful. I'm like, buddy, the the <laughs> kind of the punchline here is that you're a super famous comedian and you fully bombed on stage. Well, like. isn't it like that he like always bombed as a comedian and then like... But wasn't this recent? I wasn't paying very close attention. Honestly, like... I don't know how anyone can listen to him, like, sell you stuff for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. He sells you stuff for 20 minutes, and he's like, this one was weird. He was kind of, I thought it was interesting that he was um, trying to sell you, like, not to drink drive. Oh, sorry, like, not to smoke weed and drive at one point. He was like... Well, that's because he's a recovering drug addict. Well, of course, yeah. But then he also, at the same time, said, now is the time to buy home insurance. <laughs> well, he's probably a homeowner, too. And then he was <laughs> later on telling you all about AMC's new channel or something. And then before he spoke to Peter Jackson, he had to sell you Disney+. Plus. Yeah. This, this is like, I don't Careful. get it. Careful, because, you know... If Disney Plus comes calling to us, these people might have to listen to a whole lot of that. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with selling things. Uh -huh. I'm uh -huh. willing to sell out. You know that. I'm waiting to. It's mm -hmm. just the manner in which he does it. Yeah. It's strange I, 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 You know, I, I don't really personally like to, you know, like rip into people too hard. Like but competitors. You mean I'm not like a fan. I'm not a fan of his, of his yeah. podcast. You, mean how, you don't like ripping into peers of ours. Yeah, I don't really feel that we have any. 
honestly. <laughs> but um, if we did, I wouldn't. You wouldn't catch me kind of calling them out and saying that they weren't any good, you know. Yeah. But from on a personal, when I'm not at work, when I'm on my private time, yeah, when I'm just driving around, when I'm working out, when I'm, you know, when I'm just. Hanging Juicing. out with, with my lady, getting a juice, yeah, whatever, playing, playing a little, playing a little golf, you know, like Tennis, playing some, yeah, whatever. Jack-J. I'm not throwing on what the fuck by Mark Marin. Okay, right. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, Leave right. it at that. Case closed. End of paragraph. Yeah. Well, he's. A big I was listening Beatles to guy. some Long Longmont on the <laughs> drive yesterday, and he was like, "What he's doing? He's like, I want to look like a holographic donkey." Yeah. End of paragraph. <laughs> I'm trying to get outfitted like yeah. a swamp donkey. You know, There's I'm a herder. stuff out there. I'm a herder. I'm not the one leading the charge. Shout out to Longmont. <laughs> Anyone, go and listen to it all. Longmont, just type into Google, Longmont Potion Castle Swamp Donkey. Yeah. And you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, Merrin, big Beatles guy. Okay. He's kind of, I, go on. I, yeah, no, no, because I listen to the whole thing and it <laughs> won't take long. Sorry you did that. Yep, I got three notes <laughs> from an hour and a half. Okay, yeah. here's yeah, what you got. <clears throat> uh, and two of them were shout out to Ryan Peters, good friend of ours, good drummer, good drummer, good drummer, yeah, great drummer. Played well, you know in my why band. he's a good drummer? Why? Because he's a songwriter. Yep, guitar player, good guitar player. But too. that's how, that's when they're good. They're good if they did the other stuff, so they know how annoying drummers can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you have you played with him in any? Uh, Not in any serious capacity. No, yeah, but we like jam some blues. You jam, nice. Some blues, yeah, he yeah. he yeah he's 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 a Margarita Machine former member for sure. I only say former because the band doesn't exist anymore. Because music's done. Yeah. Um. So he sent me a message and said, you know, a lot of interesting stuff in it. You know, which there was if you weren't, like, completely OD'd on Beatles the way that I am after all these. Um, But big one being that George actually left the band because Patty left him. That's the whole story. Well, that's there. just not in. That's just not, not in known. because because Peter Jackson said he was not in into digging into the Beatles' personal lives in the documentary, so he didn't feel he needed to include it. But he said what actually happened is it was days after the argument with Paul, and that what actually happened is that Patty had left him, nothing to do with Clapton, and he was all pissy, so he quit the band that day. I think that's, that's really strange to not put in. Yeah. I mean, I because, guess because all they had was audio, like like proof of it. Yeah, no but video. It's it it seems like it would be. Hey, and listen, don't worry about uh, being OD'd on the Beatles. I was yeah. looking uh, like online. There's podcasts that are two thousand episodes in just about the Beatles. <laughs> So, well, we'll we get can, back to it, no doubt. Get back, no doubt. Once well, they once they release the like white album making of documentary. Well, I mean, it just seems weird to leave that out, and yeah, we don't need to sort of. No, no, get, go ahead. I'm, well, I'm I just fine. no. I, well, I mean, listen, man. I've all I've got is Beatles for the next thirty <laughs> minutes. So I've been. Okay. Kind of, I'm not done. I've told you on the last episode that I'm excited to get back here. You know, back into my kind. I'm woodshedding in my kind of cupboard here. I've been doing some detective work. No doubt. I, I'm excited to get back to it, too. I mean, I'm yeah. just mean, the specifically analyzing the documentary, I feel a little bit like I don't have a, t- a ton more, at the moment, personal opinion to say about the actual film. Yeah. But w- working with such an inspiring partner as you are, I'm sure yeah. you'll pique my interest. Tonight. Well, how do you feel about this headline, for example? Headline of a, an article I was reading. How Get Back Made Paul McCartney the best beetle oh here you go how do you feel about that i feel like finally paul's spending his money some somewhere that helps him and out they actually talk bit. specifically about the george harrison leaving the band incident as it like being an issue like george harris like george harrison looks bad in that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of disagreement over you know the vamping of a guitar part we know that but like so why not say actually george was in some real distress you know yeah because if they said that it might make mccartney not look like the central figure in that kind of moment you know 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in the film, they do they do show that it was days later that George left, not the day of the fight. But they make it. The weird part is that they make it look like it's John and Paul working on their songs, and George feeling left out. Yeah. But what they don't explain is that he was actually going through his own stuff. Yeah, not digging into that. And the lives. other weird part is that he said that I thought was really cool was that all things must pass. They didn't, like, not give it the time of day. They did 67 takes of it during that period. Interesting. So, they there was certainly none of that where they weren't giving George's songs time. Yeah. Like, that is very interesting. Yeah. and, and Perhaps and, it was just that George was kind of doing, like, a Neil Young deja vu vibe yes, with Helpless, yes. where he's like, I know exactly what I want this to be. Yeah. Which is and kind the, of a McCartney vibe. For sure. And, and what... Peter Jackson says a lot in this is that George comes across very insecure about his own ability. When he's bringing songs in, he's really nervous about doing them. And I think it was just one of those things. He's going through some stuff on his own. and But there were definitely moments where he was super happy and moments where he was stressed out. and But that wasn't really any kind of serious issue. Uh, um, um, among the band, um, amidst the band. Well, at that time. I mean, according I to did, him, according to him. Find that in- well, he'd know. He's the guy who's spent more time with the Beatles than anyone. And you know what's the weirdest part is he talks about he doesn't know anything about music. That's <laughs> the Peter Jackson says it multiple times. He's like, I only know about one band, the Beatles. He's like, I don't know anything about like how music works, like what when they're playing songs like by other artists. He's like, I have no idea what any of them are. I don't know. He's like, I've just no Beatles stuff. Yeah, he says that he's only been, he's been into the same thing since he was 10. Yes. That and his I only think interests. I think he's only ever read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He's only ever listened to the Beatles, and he's only ever seen his own movies. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I can believe that. Which is kind of weird. He seems like one of those kind of guys. But he actually comes across pretty okay, though, in the a interview. Bit a, like, da- a bit of a Daniel Johnston vibe, though. Just kind of, like, chill and, like, not really hiding much. Doesn't get into the rooftop stuff, I'll tell you that. Well, I feel He's like hiding something there. I feel like there's more going on there than we know. Hey, can I just test out the volume sure. of stuff for you? It, just tell me if this is too loud okay, or whatever, you know. Just let me know. Um, I'll just, yeah. Sounds good. Is it loud enough? Let me roll it. Yep. Can I turn it up? Yep. Actually, see if this makes it a difference. Is this louder? Not really. Your voice got louder. How about now? Is this okay? That's fine. Okay, not, cool. not too loud. Yeah. That's like McCartney doing John, right? It's got a plastic Ono Van band riff vibe, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Feels like it. Um, you're actually just listening to the 2010 remaster of Band on the Run. Okay. The remix remaster done by Sam O'Kell. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He so, did it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of the first <laughs> things... He did, you know. So it's interesting because I can't remember where it was. But, you know, we talked a lot about Giles and Sam. Sam Wise and Giles Martin, Joaquin and all that. Yeah. And I just kind of like last week just thought, who is Sam O'Kell? Like, I know who Giles Martin is because I know who his dad is. We know who Joaquin is and Trevor from Space Hog and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, who is this sort of man in the shadows? Mm-hmm. And a cursory Google of him. Well, you remember that I found out that he was the... Yes. Sco- the, he, 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 he mixed the score for Return of the King. Yeah. And all, so he That's was actually also, his first gig. When did that come out, that movie? Yeah. Okay. That's I've what got, I want I've know. actually got his discogs up here, so... It's actually amazing um, if you read his all music. So I've got Return of the King here, 2007. Okay. But you know what's really interesting about his all music discogs? Some may say that this is just um, because this, you know, like 
you know, someone's put in the put in the sort of liner notes wrong. But if you go to the bottom of his discogs, yeah, he's credited with mixing the entire Beatles back catalog. Really? Literally, 1963, Please Please Me by the Beatles is mixed by Sam O'Kell. Uh, <laughs> but when Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles, mixed and remastered in 1967 by Sam O'Kell. No. That's what it says. 67? Yeah. He, he's actually... <laughs> sort of sentient or something he's, wow. he's kind of he's immortal this guy <laughs> so you gotta wonder it could just be that the liner notes are done wrong but at the same time it's a bit strange and like kind of mm-hmm. we talked about with like johnny depp and all these guys like you know sure now this is something yeah. that we is, is kind of like oh it's obviously just a mistake but like when In- heroes by johnny depp is bigger than heroes by universal music group uh co- written by david bowie yeah you know well the only record we'll have is spotify or whatever it is right so people in 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 200 years are going to be looking at the numbers and they're going to say well he you know hollywood vampires obviously will have like 50 billion listens (laughs) yeah to heroes and the david bowie one will be hovering around whatever it is you know 20 million or something stay there and so they'll say oh you know this is a cool other version of the Hollywood vampire song. Yeah. That's how it will be viewed. If it's it even of... makes it in the algorithm at all. Yeah. And also, like you said, you try and buy a copy of, you know, Let It Be or whatever, Abbey Road. Can't buy you it. Can't Couldn't buy, buy it anymore. Couldn't buy it. We Only the a... Sam O'Kell. Yeah. I mean, but I want to know, like, so it, what's going on with, like, how come he so he hooked up with Peter I want, Jackson here's earlier? What I want to know because I think Return of the King was like two thousand seven. Watches to... the Watchmen. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I yeah. want to know. Uh huh. And it, a cursory Google of Sam O'Kell. Yeah. His website is www.thepaulmccartneyproject.com forward wow. slash Sam O'Kell. Wow. Like, is this like lost? We on like the TV show? Is it like the Dharma Initiative or something? Yeah, it's like that. What's going on? And it says Sam. This he's also ageless. There's so many different photos of him, and he looks 18 in all of them. Hmm. Interesting. Sam took a placement at Abbey Road in 2000. Also, he has a degree. <laughs> this is a degree. It's spelled in kind of a German way. Mm-hmm. He took the prestigious. Tone Meister degree course <laughs> at the University of Surrey. Anyway, so look, this guy, he's working at Abbey Surrey Road. In, in England, it's, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, won Grammys. And his first Grammy that he won, which I yeah. thought was very interesting, mm-hmm. was for a Grammy for Best Historical Album. Uh-huh. So this is a really interesting Grammy category. Okay. And this, you know, I'm connecting the dots here, right? Like, it's it's complicated, but I'm trying to get to a bigger point, which is just like, why won't these old guys just give it a break, relax, you know? Who's the old guy, Sam O'Kell or no? He well, never I mean, ages. I think he's kind of picture of Dorian Gray, like he can't get old or something. Right. You know what We're I mean? We're talking about these old artists. We're yeah, talking about okay. McCartney, Crosby, mm-hmm. and so David Bowie's dead and he's still selling his publishing. And yeah. It's like, what? If, like, what if? I I just hope that like it's just boomers being so into themselves that they assume that everyone's going to just listen to this music forever, and there's not going to be any room for any new music. Gotcha. Which is possible, you know. If if all we're allowed to listen to is like Springsteen, Bowie, and Dylan, you know. For but haven't for, they? But then they'll have won, no? Because they've sold it and got paid. Well, they're dead. So the the, lo- the yeah, but the losers will be the consumer. Universal. No, the losers well, are the consumer. The listener. Well, we're always the losers. There's no more I mean. music allowed. Right, 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 right. I see. Yeah. Listen to this. the The Grammy Award for Best Historical Album has been presented. What, what since, year are we talking about? Since it's been no, he won it. Well, listen, wait. Okay. He won it in 2010, and okay. he won it for the remix of Band on the Run. So this Grammy is just for old artists who are remixing their albums to win another Grammy. 
<laughs> so did Paul McCartney get a Grammy yeah, for that? Yeah, he won or? a Grammy in 2010 for Band on the Run. Huh. Doesn't that sound sort of odd? <laughs> yeah, it does. Do you want to know That's some weird. other artists that have won the Grammy? Okay. I'll just go through a few here for you. Didn't even go. know it was an award. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll just yeah. tell you a few people who've won it in the last, you know, few years. Okay. Um, I'll go through them right from, let's just go right from the top here. Pete Seeger won it this year <laughs> for a remix of Pete Seeger, The Folkways Collection. Okay. We've got um, Bob Dylan won it the year before. He won it the two years in a row. He won, won it for the Bootleg Series Volume 12 and then prior to that, the Bootleg Series Volume 11. Before not, he won it, the Stones won it. Not even a remix, really, no. is it? Like, the Beach Boys yeah. won it for the Smile Sessions in 2013. And then, obviously, okay. the year before that was Paul McCartney. 2011, the Beatles won it for the huh. original studio recordings. So you can see what's going on what here. What the it's hell just a, is that? It's a I don't even know what that is. What is it? <laughs> you know who won that one? The Sam original. Wow. The original studio recordings. So wait, okay. Let it's me a get, box just, set compilation. Just, listen just to this. Like, the Beatles original <laughs> studio recordings is a box set compilation of all remastered recordings by English rock band The Beatles, remastered by Sam O'Kell. And the set came out in 2009. In in conjunction with the Beatles rock band video game, okay. <laughs> so let me get the, let me see if I get this straight. Yeah, you're telling me that <laughs> that he won a Grammy for remixing and remastering something called the original master yeah. recordings. Yeah. How okay. does that make any sense? Check this so, out. Like, I, so I'm looking at Band on the Run here. What's original about it? Listen, I'm looking at Band on the Run here. And yeah. if you go on the Band, Band on the Run's Wikipedia, there's... This, this shit's great. There's the original version of it. And then there's the re, and then there's just this, like, column. It tells you a little bit. Oh, they were in Lagos, Nigeria. They got robbed, you know. It's fucking... Uh-huh, yeah, heard it, all heard it all before, yeah. Then they go into the next section, which is a lot longer on the Wikipedia, is reissues. So, in 1993, it was reissued as part of something called the Paul McCartney Collection Series. Okay. So, then I clicked on the Paul McCartney Collection Series, and it says, the Paul McCartney Collection Series, not to be confused with the Paul McCartney Archive Collection Series, which is a completely (laughs) different series. So, we got the Paul McCartney Collection is a series of 16 remastered CDs by Paul McCartney and Sam O'Kell. And this happened, this is like all of the Wings records. And then the Paul McCartney Archive Collection is an ongoing project to remaster all his records again. So that's what Band on a Run was part of. So that's what the Grammy that Sam O'Kell got was for, for, you know, from, you know. Okay. So, you know, they're just putting out these same records every year. And winning Grammys. Winning and Grammys. Making for, millions. Winning Grammys, yeah, for, for so things when, that don't exist. Grammys when, that don't exist. When did he hook up with Peter Jackson and how much of that had to do with Paul McCartney? This is what I mean about watching The Watchmen. It's just, yeah. it seems to me that he was groomed, kind of Epstein style from early on. Sam O'Kell, part of the Paul McCartney project. Yeah, so so Paul, as you told me earlier today, he's Paul's guy. I think he's what Paul's you're guy, and that's so why he's, he's Paul's guy. And Paul, that's why he's doing this movie and everything. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's it. I think O'Kell, if you more than Giles to him, more well, than Giles. I don't think Giles. I think Giles is is out. I think Giles wow. is checked wow. out. I think he did too much fresh fruit and coke with Joaquin. I think it's mm-hmm. all O'Kell. And I've done a little bit of kind of... Look, all I can see that he's done is Paul O'Kell on on his all music is is McCartney Sol- started. This is uh-huh. important. He starts with McCartney solo stuff. Well, then, maybe the Lord of the Rings first. Well, he no? does. Well, he actually does Lord of the Rings and King and Kung, Kong. I think and he did Kung, Kung Fu Panda. King King Kong too. Kung I Fu think Panda he... two actually. He didn't yeah. do the first one. Yeah. He goes Lord of the Rings, Paul McCartney <laughs> solo, Kung Fu Panda two. Yeah. Beatles. Uh huh. And then he starts doing Lennon and Harrison, but they're dead. Right. You know what I mean? 
So, so Paul's kind of telling Yoko and Olivia, like, this is the guy for the job. Is do you think? Yeah, exactly. He's making mm-hmm. us money. You know those. He's goals saying, are just about "Leave money. the music." He's saying, "Leave the music to me." He's just saying, I'm, "My guy listen. Sam will get the job yeah, done." Exactly. And I just one other thing about this: mm-hmm. is it coincidence that Christopher Lee is on the cover of Band on the Run, and that's the first record that Sam and Paul did together? Saruman. Yeah, Saruman, aka Saruman. <laughs> What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, I knew he was on the cover, but I never put this together. Well done. Yeah. I want to just go Coincidence, over. I think not. I, of, yes. I think that it's interesting that Peter Jackson was only into Lord of the Rings and uh, Beatles. Yeah. And he's kind of like, who am I going to cast in this? Yeah. All he has around his house is just like Beatles records and stuff like that. He's looking at the band on the run cover. He's like, oh, this guy'd be great as Saru, man. Don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. No. You know, yeah. He doesn't know anyone else because he's got such a limited, you know, Mm -hmm. scope. I'm starting to think that he's kind of a stew. He didn't even know. He's being used by McCartney almost. Right. You know, because he doesn't really understand anything other than, like you say, like the things he was into when he was 10 years old. Right. He's pretty easy to manipulate, I is think what you're so, saying. and I think yeah. O'Kell's doing Paul's it. a mastermind. We all know that. He's a cutthroat mastermind businessman. He is. I mean, you know. he's the one he, he told, he taught, he, he kind of got out mastermind by Michael Jackson, right? He That's didn't the see that person. coming. He, yeah, yeah he, he didn't see that coming. No. He told Michael, he's like, let me give you a little tip. Yeah, business Underest- tip. Underestimating Michael. What sort you want to do. Sort of saying to Michael, go after, you know, you go after Motown. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm God. I'll, touch I'll, me. I'll t- yeah, I'll take exactly. the rest. And he's like, "This is what you do. You buy up people's songs. You make loads of money." Which is what, like, now Universal are doing, and like Chevron are gonna do or something. Yeah, you were talking about how Chevron will probably wind up owning They'll just some end up of our playing, stuff like, right? someday yeah. on like an <laughs> ad for Chevron, and you won't be able to do anything because oh, they bought it. I do wonder what, like, Universal if they're buying like. You know, if we're buying for like four hundred and fifty mil, well, it's three hundred and fifty because it can't be more two, than two fifty for for Bowie. No, two fifty for Bowie. Okay, because Dylan was three. Springsteen's like five, dude. Well, the, yeah, but Springsteen's got more hits. What are they gonna do with car worthy side hits. of low? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess it could be in like Dune. Like it. Would we don't sound know what the Dune. future. Yeah, we don't know what the future holds. Maybe Scary Monsters is going to be like what's hot in the well, future. I just he might have been on to something. The Arcade Fire kind of already did Scary Monsters till it, it's possible. Infinity, well, they tried. Yeah, they tried to make it modern. And it bombed hard. Um, listen, I got a little interview here with Sam O'Kell himself. Tell me all about it. I'm just going to play you some of the things. Here's his. This is him talking about his approach to remixing Beale's records. Hope you can hear okay. it. Okay. Okay. Original and the the band's version of the mixes. So again, okay, we've got to transfer all the tapes at the right speed to do that. So then we've got everything digitized on the computer, and then it's kind of how do we approach how do we approach remixing this stuff? So it's just really listening to and like appraising the mixes that have been done before. You know, the mono mix, the stereo mix and working out what we think is good about it and the, all the effects that are used and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, just trying to incorporate the best bits of all of that. Okay. What? So what do you mean? He's replacing the effects? Yeah, he's just... He's of... using plugins? Yeah, he uses <laughs> plugins. He does. <laughs> Why does he need to replace the effects? Why can't he just use the tracks with the plugins printed on them? Because he has, because he, I'll tell you why, because of this. He thinks he can Here, do no, it better. Uh, yeah, he thinks he can oh, do a better job. Here, listen. It's come out really well. Retains the essence of the album that people know and love, but hopefully just sounds a little bit more contemporary, a little bit more punchy. Why? Why does it have to sound more contemporary? Because he's an EDM guy. Why is that a goal, though? Like this is what I don't understand. Why does <laughs> why does music from fifty years ago need to sound contemporary? It's like an oxymoron. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like well, I'm starting to think I know why. I'm okay. going to kind of keep going through. For, here's something interesting he says about the process of remixing. Okay, and pay close attention to the way he talks about Paul McCartney here. Okay, I'm going to get that rhythm track down. That go on track one. And then it's, what do we add, you know, the overdubs. So it might be, bass was always overdubbed on Sergeant Pepper because Paul wanted time to, 
you know, kind of work on the base away from the pressures of everyone else playing. So base is always separate. Um, and then other overdubs. What do you think about that? Interesting. Yeah. It's great I sounding bass on that record, though. Bass. I don't think that. he's finished. But it is interesting that he brings up the fact that the first thing he does when he pulls the sessions together is listen to the bass. Make sure bass is good. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, uh, I yeah. mean, I get that. Like, okay. If, if I, this is the thing is like, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not just being, I'm not just trying to be like conspiratorial here and all this. No. Like I, I'm, I'm honestly, if I were to tackle this job or something, like I would be like, okay, yeah. Sergeant Pepper's very base prominent record. Like maybe you would do it that way, but I just don't understand <laughs> why he's even hired to do the job in the first place well like, i what? sort of feel like instead of it being like how do we approach doing this like i'm with yeah. you i'm like why are we doing this why how about the, <laughs> what's the bigger question to make and money like, for paul yeah and, yeah that's it and then paul's gone in with yoko and said look i'm gonna make you loads of cash you always yeah. wanted it alan klein fucked you i know how to do it yeah. all you're gonna have to do is just pretend we're remixing these records people will buy it they're <laughs> stupid yeah can well, you imagine in, adding it, like effects dude he talks to, like he talks in this interview about sometimes just like you know uh digital effects just working better just for whatever it is no way do you have that i could find it no no it's okay he really it's does okay. say it though he says like sometimes <laughs> we use the original printed effects and other times we just use vsts you know they're just they just work better for the moment what about this here? I've, got, I've, I've labeled a couple of other things. Oh, here we go. We'll okay, so this is go. kind of his process about kind of getting it to the level of the original mix and then kind yeah. of going ahead, you know. Blah, pump, here. pumping it up. Well, getting yeah. it punchier. Yeah, punchier. Here yeah. you go. Let's go here. We make, we copy the original mix. So we get everything sounding exactly the same as it did originally. And then we kind of think, well, how could we make this better or, you know, sound more contemporary? So whether it's talking, looking at the kind of the stereo picture, a lot of stuff on these 60s stereo mixes are like all the, all the vocals might be on one side and all the drums on the other side, which kind of sounds cool, but sounds a bit odd to our kind of contemporary ear. We're used to a stereo picture with a vocal in the center and all that stuff. So we're kind of going, how can we make this work in a more contemporary way? So that's kind of the, that's kind of the process that it's just finding the best way to do it and, and make it make it sound the best. And sometimes that's using old vintage gear, um, and sometimes that's using you know brand new plugins and computer technology. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Look, let me. This guy, for everyone listening, get your fucking torches out and stake to the streets. I want to see a mob outside of this guy's house. Right? This is uh, abhorrent. What he's doing, man. I how think that this saying it. How do we make it the best it yeah. can be? Yeah. Beatles. It already is the best. <laughs> Everyone you knows idiot. it's number one. Oh um, God! What listen, an idiot. But his this is also kind of illuminating because this is him talking about his relationship with Giles, and this is where I think you realize we know who's pulling the strings here. Giles yeah. has checked out. He's in Burbank. Yeah. With Joaquin. Yeah. He's not even in the room when Sam O'Kell is doing this. Listen to this shit. He's Just there for the name, for the Martin name. Yeah. Because it's not like it's going to be released and no one's going to hear it, you know. And it's, you feel pressure because people around the world know this music and they love this music. It's got that resonant thing, that emotional connection to you know, the Beatles probably more than anyone okay, else. Here we go. Sorry, one music. second. I'm going to pull it up here. Here it is. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it's a collaboration. So we'll normally kind of sit down and get the sort of basic ideas of what we want to try and achieve just talking about it. Um, and then I'll go away and kind of start working on stuff and get it, get a mix together and something that I think works well. Um, and then Giles will come in sort of fresh and listen to it. And he's really good at that sort of, even though he knows it all so well, he'll come in and sort of be objective and go, okay, I'm listening to this for the first time. You know, how do I, that emotional reaction thing again how does it you know does it have the character of the original do i prefer the sonics of it all that kind of stuff and he's good at having that that sort of um that sort of objective opinion um and then we, yeah we just argue about whether the drum should be louder or you know what i mean <laughs> charles isn't interesting 
So so it's like what you talk about that final five percent a lot. Yeah. So Sam O'Kell's doing all the mixing. Yeah. And and then Giles comes in and like says like make the snare drum louder and that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Or like turn up the kind of side chain. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable, man. Macca's guy. So I think what's I think what's happening is Paul has blinded the Harrison and Lennon estates with the promise of like unlimited cash if they just trust him to reissue everything every couple of years. He's been doing it himself. But the only thing is he is controlling, kind of as the puppet master, Sam O'Kell, who's the guy who does all the remixes and remasters. And slowly over time, he's going to make his stuff way better than John and George's. Well, even if he's not, he's still just like, it's bad enough as just the cash grab, Beatles cash grab that it is. And I think that you have 100% figured this out, James, and that you should just do like a mic drop now and walk away forever because that's it. That's what's happening is Paul has got control of all the Beatles music and he's just going to keep, he's got his guy. He's got his kind of, he's Krang. And he's got his shredder, yeah. who's just running the whole show. Yeah, and he's just going to keep putting these records out until we're all old and gray mm-hmm. and beyond. And it's, I mean, I don't really have much else to say, man. This is a, it's a dark revelation. For I'm just sure. wondering how we can shoehorn all this stuff into like the Matrix. Yeah. Well, I do the know. The problem is there's all bad guys, and the Matrix is mostly good people. The I, I do know one thing that we were talking about before is that there's a good chance that impossible way of life, you are Morpheus, right? Yeah. And that we are sort of the Nebuchadnezzar impossible yeah. way of life, trying to kind of, you know, unblindfold the people as to what's going on with Beatles and all of these yeah. rock and roll things. 100%. You know what I mean? And all I'm afraid of and I hate to say this, is that there's a possibility, because I don't know, that, that I'm you're Joe, Joe Pantoliano. Pantoliano. Yeah. Uh, you're Cypher. I, uh, Cypher, yes. Yeah. And I'm the guy who, they're going to, you know, Peter Jackson, McCartney's going to come to me, maybe Sam O'Kell, and he's going to say, Johnny, here's the thing, you're in B2. You're whatever yeah. you want. You want to be John Lennon in yeah. the new B2? Done. All you got to do is burn this whole eyewall thing down from the inside. Yeah. Pull the plug. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is why I, I'm doing them Zoom, dude. You don't know the... Just this is... <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, uh, yeah. fans yeah. and friends yeah. of the pod. Johnny does not have the codes, okay? Unless he's... <laughs> I'm the only person who has the codes, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. and because I'm Morpheus. And that's what yeah. happens in the Matrix. When he has the codes to Zion's mainframe. That's right. I have the codes. You do. You put I it up have, on Patreon. I have the codes. I don't know how to do it. So it's going to take, unless you've done some kind of really surreptitious shit like Cypher does, where I'm kind of in, I don't even know, I'm like kind of locked up being made to play blues somewhere, like confused. That's it. Well, it's like, I don't have the codes. But I can get you the man who has them. Exactly. It's that kind of thing, dude. Oh, yeah. Kel's like, just give me the address. Where is he? And you're we'll in go your house and steal exactly. his camper. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What exactly. really matters to him? I pray to God. I I pray to Zion that this yeah. is not what's going to happen. But I'm scared shitless, man. All you know I know what? is because I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. These people have a lot of power, and you know how Beatlesy I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, oh, you kind of don't want to. Well, you're already kind of. So far, I guess like Cypher, like he learns about it all, and then he's like, I've, "I'd rather just go back to pretending the Beatles are the Beatles." Exactly, That's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're, you're kind of t- telling me too much here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like I could, I could just be like, "I'd love to go back to the place where I know the Beatles are the greatest, and I get to be in the new Beatles, and everybody yeah. accepts that." Yeah. You know what yeah. about? Um, <clears throat> all I know is the. Yeah in terms of casting people into right. the matrix beals kind of universe sure. the only two people i can think of that are like easily castable are the winter brothers into matrix 2 because they'd be those albino dreadlocked guys right like edgar and sure, johnny sure. winter so sure, presumably sure, sure, the matrix sure. like beals t- second act is more bluesy right kind of more southern well, rock 
Yeah, and you know, I I'd like to also think there's a good chance I could be like a tank type character. I was born in you I was born, born in, in this Beatlesy world. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I I know the truth, and I've always known it. And you know, I'm here to defend it. So don't get too scared, people. What but about yeah, casting? We mouse. don't know who the one you is. Could be we don't mouse. know who the yeah, it could be mouse. We don't know who the one is, dude. Well, we don't know yet. That's, we're searching. We've been looking. We're looking. Yeah. What do you think this podcast is? Yeah. Who's exactly. Trinity? I think Trinity might be uh, my friend Jessica, Jessica, who we're going to get on the pod next week. I'm working. Got it. We're starting yeah. like equal opportunities this year on iWalk. She knows all about. She knows all about this Beatles stuff. But you know, I'm, that's Blast. her code name is Jessica. I can't say her real name. <laughs> Follow the White Rabbit. Who's Jessica the White Rabbit. Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit, man. Yeah. The white rabbit girl's hot in the Matrix, eh? Kind of mescaline sex. She could just be like, I don't know, just anyone from the 70s, you know? Oh, right. That that one part at the beginning? Yeah. When he's like, he's like, you ever feel like you had a dream, but like, it's real? He's like, every night it's called mescaline. Yeah. He's kind of Laurel Canyon <laughs> vibes. Jim Morrison. <laughs> Yeah, kind of cyber. Yeah, cyber yeah. Jim Morrison. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Well, um, great stuff. Well, yeah, let's let's uh, watch Matrix Resurrection. Can't wait. You can't and, get it in Canada because it's a joke of a country. Well, it's a joke of a movie, so maybe we got to just buy it on. You can't. <laughs> you can't get it anywhere. No. HBO Max. I think I think it's playing down at down at Scotiabank, dude. I, I don't think the cinemas are open because of Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's well, maybe might be like the pool. Yeah. Okay. Somehow. Cool, yeah. man. Well, um, peace out. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, and we'll we'll see you on Sunday. One hundred percent. Certainly. Truth is out there.